What's going on, party people? It's your main man, MMA Bob Milk, and uh, I'm kind of sort of not, not back with as far as the audio goes. Uh, if you see now, I have been posting my suspect picks on social media. Speaking of which, trying to get the social media together. Uh, you know, still kind of rough as far as the personal life goes. But um, yeah, I'm trying to get the social media together. Trying to figure out these new platforms. You know, a lot of Twitter you know, people said, the hell with this. We want our Twitter. And, you know, it's been a few Twitter clones. Even Facebook has gotten into it, you know, because their page doesn't really function that or Instagram functions similar to Twitter. But they said, the hell with this. So, yeah. Um, now, as far as my personal page goes, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm kind of kind of done. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, uh, MMA by Milliken definitely going to. Uh, I'm not going to be on every social media page, okay? This, you know, I'm on too many to begin with, okay? But yeah, yeah. So hopefully, um, you know, once to get everything together, figure out these algorithms and all these different social media pages, I can at least put the placards up the graphics up of the suspect picks but you know with the podcast i always want to do the podcast because i want people to know why it is i made the picks that i made all right let's get into it ufc 293 yeah 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 now again so because you know that, that was a big talking point show whole sean strickland thing does he deserve a title shot? No. On what planet? No. I'll talk about that a little bit later on when I get to him. But no, he doesn't. And then saying, well, you know, it's been examples before. Yes, you mean the people who didn't deserve it? That proves my point. It happened before doesn't mean it's a good thing. Uh, but look, credit to Izzy. Credit to Izzy, because he could have just said the hell with this dude. Sat home. So what is in Australia? That don't mean what does that what does that mean? He could have sat at home. He could have said, hey, look, man, this is what we got. But Jerry Cannonier, apparently, you know, as we saw, he came in as a reserve. He was ready to go. So he probably would have ended up facing off against Jerry Cannonier anywhere. Anyway. And looks like they're trying to put Dreykus Duplices on ice. I don't understand how somebody who said that they were injured is supposed to show up. And I might show up. Uh, I don't get it. He's supposed to just come in last minute because it's an Australian car. That helps the UFC. It doesn't help him. If you know me, you know I ain't a big fan of his. They don't give a damn about him. But, like, come on. Come on. That, uh, and to go before Congress with the Ali Act. And say, hey, yeah, we want to include this too. This fiasco? Whatever, man. I, that's a whole nother discussion. Let's get into today's picks. Let's get into it. Okay, so we got Kiefer Crosby from Bama. I say Bama. B-A-M-M-A. Bellator. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. Rush Hour on Twitter. Oh, my God. If you want to laugh about stuff related to Bellator... Oh, uh, you got to follow his page on Twitter. Oh, I don't know if he's on the other social media sites. Oh, uh, well, he's on YouTube. He's on YouTube. 
are hilarious. Every time Bellator posts something, he quote tweets or responds, oh my God, the wholesale is going on now. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's, that's again, that that's a whole nother conversation. But yeah, this man is from Bellator. He's from Ireland. Can't believe 1990 was 30 years ago. Whew, ouch. Ouch. He is 10 and 3, 180 centimeters tall, 178 centimeter reach, three fight, one streak, three and two in his last five. Five finishes via strikes, two by submission, three wins by decision. He is 10 and 3 overall. UFC debut coming from Rise FC. He is coming in at the plus 130 underdog. He's going up against Kevin Georgeret. Joe. Josette. I know I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. Can never get his name right. Eternal MMA Hex FC and this would be uh, and of course when there's a Izzy card I don't know what is about his card more so than Volkanowski but whenever Izzy shows up city kickboxing is pretty much a city kickboxing event. So yes we're starting off with our first first two fighters one of which with Kevin he is going to be our first city kickboxing fighter to start this thing off 30 years old from france six foot two and they both at welterweight yeah man they coming through 75 inch 191 centimeter reach fought jack della mandalena lost via dr stoppage three fight one street four one his last five ufc this course be his ufc debut four wins Via finish, four wins by decision. He is a minus 155 favorite, eight and two overall. I am going with the minus 155 favorite in that one. We got Shane Young coming in at featherweight out of XFC, WCF, now UFC, Napier, New Zealand, 30 years old, five foot eight, 72.5, 105. 84 centimeter reach also out of city kickboxing 5 and 0 as an amateur debut fight was against teammate alexander the great volkanowski only two wins since that loss three fight losing streak two and four in the ufc a minus 165 favorite 13 and 7 overall and as you can imagine yeah very hesitant to pick him gabriel miranda out of Brave FC, F, uh, what was it, FT, no, FTD, UFC, and he is out of Porba, Piranha, Piranao, rather, Piranao, no, Pahanao, Brazil, still trying to get up, still trying to get my Portuguese together, Team MMA Masters, you're going to hear a lot of that too, so it's, this is basically a, MMA master city kickboxing affair. Lost to Benoit Saint Denis last year, broke it, which broke a three-fight win streak, three and two in the last five. That was his um, USC debut, by the way. Sixteen and six overall. I think I'm leaning toward the favorite in that matchup. There, we have 
Blood Diamond. Now, I could have swore he also was out of city kickboxing. And, of course, we know him as Michael Mathetha, man whose last name always... <laughs> Zimbabwe, baby, 35 years old, 5'11", 76-inch reach, 2-3 and three in his last 5, 2-fight losing streak, 1 finish via strike, 1 by submission, 1 win by decision, 3-2 and two overall. He is the plus 260 underdog. If he loses, I hope he retires. You know how I feel about the geezers. You already, so you already know who I picked in this one. It wasn't him. It ain't him. Bellator. Oh, there's that word again. We got Charles Rattick now out of CFFC. Former CFFC welterweight champ. Of course, this fight is going to be at welterweight. 33 years old. You know, only a few two-year difference, but still. You know, still. Four fight one streak. He's four and one his last five. Team MMA Masters. UFC. This will be his UFC debut. Three finishes via strikes. Two by submission. Two wins by decision. 73 overall. A minus 330 favorite. I expect to see a overall MMA performance from him. Of course, we know Blood Diamond is kickboxing. Who knows? Maybe he gets the submissions together. I don't know, man. But guess who's up next? Final form Gastelum. Yes. Nazareth Hafferstaff. No, it's Nazareth. I keep saying Nazareth. Nazareth Hafferstaff. We Love MMA. Did you know that was a promotion that he was formerly at? Yep. Called We Love MMA. Superior FC. And, of course, we all know him from the UFC. He's only 28 years old. Seems like he's been around for a hot minute, but he's only 28 years old. From Hamburg, Germany. 5'10", 72, 183-centimeter reach. Tri-star gym, as far as I know, Faraz Sahabi. Yeah, you know, explains a lot, right? Yeah, sadly. 3-2 in his last five. Nine finishes via strikes. And his fifth win by decision was over John McDessey. Yeah, yep. Fighting on this. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of... It's wild how the UFC, they have fighters who fought each other on the same car. And with this one, it seemed like a lot of people who fought at UFC Paris last year, not this year, but last year, are on this fight card. It's bizarre. And, of course, this fight card coming right after UFC Paris. It's wild. Like they just looked at all of them. It's like, yeah, next year, y'all gonna come on through. And and that that fight with McDessie was, you know, UFC Paris. Six and four in the UFC since his debut, October 21st, 2017. UFC Fight Night 118 in Poland. Minus 475. Favorite over. Landau Colnes. And speaking of Landau, Landon. Landau, where am I getting that from? You know what I'm about to say. You know what I'm about to say. Bellator, yep, yep, again. Bellat, you know what I'm saying? Like trash and Bellator when, gee, half your, a lot of your fighters come from Bellator. Man, I'm trying to, man, listen, listen. A lot of people trash Bellator. You know, Bellator has been kind of a running joke with UFC fans. Uh, 
between Strike Force and Bellator, if it wasn't for Scott Coker to some degree, UFC wouldn't have half the fighters that they have. You know, like, what can I say? And of course, he is former Titan FC lightweight champ. Tough 31, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that, that's who this is. That's exactly who you like, wait, who? Yes, yep, just lost, yep. Yep, yep, lost to Jason Knight. Mm-hmm, yeah. March this, yeah, yep, that's the same one. So that lets you know how desperate the UFC is for fighters. And I did my math, I don't know if my, well, my, okay, so the math isn't 100% because, you know, the UFC has breaks throughout the year, you know, for the holidays. They don't, you know, try and do fight cars and, you know, the weeks of some of the big holidays, it seems. But for the most part, you're talking about needing bodies, okay? The amount of bodies they need to fill up all these fight cars that they have. About 729 is the amount I came up with. Now, it's a little less than that. Also, we know they don't have a staff. They're not staffed at 700, as far as the fighters go, at 720, at 700 period, because of how many fighters have to come in and save a lot of fight cars. Angela Hill's still doing it. You know what I mean? We have uh, more fighters that are doing quick turnarounds. So, yeah, that gives you an idea. Uh, he's on a five-fight win streak out of MMA Science Academy, not including the tough, uh, if you disregard the tough fight, he technically was on a five-fight win streak. He lost that fight, of course. Uh, five finishes via strikes, one by submission, one win by decision, seven, one, and one overall, plus 360 underdog. And uh, yeah. So in that one there, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to lean towards a uh, final form, Gastelum. If, you, if someone says to you, man, that's malarkey, and you don't get it, you just haven't lived life, man. You just have not lived life. Yep, I always got to crack the same old tired-ass Jamie Malarkey joke. I'm sorry, that's oh, I'm old. I'm old. And and that, that's probably older than me. But yeah, that that we used to say malarkey a lot. Man, that's malarkey. Believe it or not, yep. He's at a brace. Super Fight MMA, now in the UFC. He's a former Super Fight MMA and Urban Fight Night lightweight champ. He's also the former Brace champion. 29 years old. I know it seems like he's older than that, doesn't it? Out of Central Coast, New South Wales, Australia, baby. Five foot eight, seven to four inch reach. Uh, yeah, height reach virtually identical on this matchup here. And team also Central Coast MMA since uh, 2017. Black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu under Noah Magnus. Ten finishes via strikes. Three by submission, three wins by decision, three and two in his last five. Coming off a beatdown from Muhammad Nayamov in June. This is his third fight this year, four and four in the UFC since his debut at UFC 243, people. 16 and six since his pro debut in 2013. He's a minus 270 favorite over. John McDessie out of CFC, 
Mixed Fight League, now in the UFC. He's 38 years old. You know how I feel about the geezers, man. Halifax, Nova, Scotia, Canada. Nova Scotia. Damn. Nova Scotia, Canada. Sheesh. Uh, like I said, height, reach, virtually identical. Black bro and karate. You know what that means. Yep. Going to see him get taken down. Nine finishes via strikes. Nine wins by decision. Three and two in his last five. Coming off a loss to final form Gaslam. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like they just took all of them and threw them on this fight card. It's, I don't, it's crazy. It's wild. Uh, yeah, that UFC Perry. Like I said, it looks like they took that fight card and just said, we know we're going to toss everybody on this fight card here. Um, maybe it's a travel thing, you know? 11 and 8 in the UFC. This is, uh, this will be his 13th UFC pay per view appearance. He's coming in at plus 220, and I am going to lean toward the, the uh, favorite in that matchup as well. Jenkins is on a nine-fight win streak, people. That includes over Jamal Emers at UFC on ABC5 this June, this past June. So he's coming in again to take on Chefe Mascal. And uh, yep, this is Dana White, contender series alum. And uh, yeah, on two-fight win streak since that time. He has five finishes via strikes, three by submission, and four wins by decision. 30 years old, is 12 and 2 overall since his pro debut back in 2016. The, uh, and of course, you know, he's a minus 210. You didn't have to figure, you could have guessed that, right? Minus 215, Hex Fight, and Eternal MMA, which is where he was when he got the call. Chepe is out of LFA, CFFC, Combate Global. Of course, this matchup is going to be at Featherweight. 30 years old as well, 5'7", 69-inch reach. Elevation Fight Team, 4-fight win streak. Won a UD victory over Trevor Peak in June. Six finishes via strikes, two by submission, five wins by decision, 14 and six overall, plus 170 underdog. I'm going with the favorite in that much matchup as well. Carlos Oberg. You know, you have to change your tone when you talk about Carlos Oberg. Yes, and this is yet again, man. For someone who's essentially, you know, I can't call him a rookie, but, you know, he ain't been around a whole long time. And if I'm not mistaken, this is, he is headlining yet another prelims tender series. Yes, since he's been in the UFC, he's been featured in a pay-per-view. And of course, he's going to be featured in, and of course, that was all of Izzy's pay-per-views. So, yeah. Like I said, man, when Izzy fights, he brings the fo- he brings the members, whoever is available, whatever whoever's available out of city kickboxing, he brings them alone. Okay, every single time, man, his homie Carlos always with him. Uh, DWS, of course, king of the ring tournament champ, thirty-two years old, 
Course Island, New Zealand. Six finishes via strikes, two wins by decision, four fight win streak, four and one in his last five. I can't lie, I can't lie. When he got destroyed by Kennedy, I thought that was it for him. I thought that was it, I thought he was done. Of course, that Dana White Contender Series, that was uh, 2020. He is 8-1 overall since his pro debut in 2011. He is a minus 280 favorite. And I got to say, I got to say, his opponent, man, Jung Daun. Yeah, or Daun Jung at the top FC Heat. You're now in the UFC, former Heat lightweight champ. I mean, he's only on a two-fight losing streak. Two, two, and one in his last five. Four and two in the UFC. That's not bad. That's not bad. But this dude, man, he he is not good. He is not good at all. Like he his pot, like he keeps his hands low. He seems slow as hell. I mean. You just I, light heavyweight is just not the division where you got to You know, you figure guys that size would kind of be kind of on the slow side, but light heavyweight historically has had guys with size, speed, speed, and not just power, but speed. Like think about it. Like DC was kind of he wouldn't even like the way he fought. You didn't really he didn't really have, speed wasn't really an issue unless you were against him. Like, he never had to really utilize speed or worry about not having enough speed because of the way he would um, fight. But aside from him, you you pretty much needed some speed in that division. And, and Jung is just, he just seems slow as hell to me. I, I just don't see how he's winning too many fights. So, you know, I, yeah. So, all that to say that uh, he's 15-4-1 since his pro de- debut in 2015. He's a plus 230, obviously a plus 230 underdog. If I was going to have a lock, my lock on a night, it should be Izzy. Everyone's lock on a night should be Izzy, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really iffy about that fight. Again, Izzy should still take it. He said, he said that this is a hard fight. He's just going to make it look easy. Volk says the same thing. You know, when he went up against, well, everyone, but particularly Yayar, he talked about how hard he had to train, told Yayar how hard he had to train. But, he, you know, the plan was to make it look easy, which to me, it didn't necessarily look easy, but hey, he, he got the finish. So Izzy will probably do the same. And we've had a uh, finish streak in pay-per-views. So I believe it's three so far. The last three were finishes. Yeah, because Sterling got finished. Dustin got finished, and yeah, I'm doing this off the top of my head. I missed him one, which I shouldn't. I should be slapped. Oh, oh, uh, Volk, Volk. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, there we go. So who knows? But right now, call is no reason why. Oh, and I'm not putting Oldberg on no pedestal. Like I said, I thought he was done, but. Yeah, it, I just don't see how he could lose this fight. I really don't. It's not even about him being that good. It's just Jung is so bad. I man, you can clock this dude at a, at a man. He moves it well, anyway. Anyway, Tyson Pedro, Pedro, light heavyweight, eternal MMA, Australian FC, of course UFC. 
Hey, hey, you gotta get it. And another thing I gotta get a UFC credit for. Hey, are you close to the ethnicity? Are you in the same location? Did you grow up in the same location? Well, we gotta match you up on this pay-per-view. We gotta match you all on this event. You know, Singapore, UFC Singapore. Hey, are you Asian? We need you in Singapore, you know? Uh, uh, Noche UFC. Hey, are you Lat Latina, Latino? We need you on that paper. That, that, don't worry about your record or anything like that. We're going to sign you. You know, we're going to keep you one more fight. Don't can't guarantee nothing after this. But we're going to put you on this fight card. UFC Paris. Are you from Paris? Are you just European, period? Are you from that area, Fortnite area? We need you on this card. Don't worry about records or anything. Like, we just need you there. Uh, so they're doing it here with uh, their event. <laughs> hey. And they're doing it with their event. It's going to be held in New South Wales, Australia. All right. So, yeah, and Pedro, coming off of his second decision loss to Modestus Bukalkas. His only, not his, and I said he didn't lose twice to Modestus. It was the only time that he's lost. He only lost two times via decision. This last one was against uh, Modestus Bokakis at UFC 284 in February. He is two and three in his last five, five and four in the UFC. Since his debut in 2016, fin four finishes via strikes, five by submission, 100% finishing rate, people. Um, in here, Vegas was just like, eh, we don't really know who's going to win this fight. We don't really know. So, you know, minus and the betters didn't, they didn't want to take the bait on this one. He's at a minus 105, which means, you know, basically, you know, kind of dead even as far as the, uh, as far as that goes. This fight is going to be at 205. Anton. To college, to cow, Turk, college. Brave FC, UFC, Dana White content. I know I'm tearing up his last name. Sorry about that. And, of course, Dana White Contender Series alum. Speaking of which, real quick, between him and Carlos, oh, man. Dana White Contender Series. Oh, Lord, got two champs. I mean, one's a former champ now. But got to act. Speaking of finishing, you know, the amount of finishes that we've been doing, uh, you know, that the UFC has been doing so far, Dana White Contender Series, Sean O'Malley. Oh, Lord. You can't tell Dana nothing, Jack. You can't tell him nothing. Oh, and then Carlos comes in because all his wins have been by finish. Man, listen, you can't tell. You're not going to be able to tell Dana nothing, Jack. You're not going to be able to tell Dana nothing. You want to, y'all, I told y'all, I told y'all. Get used to the ten, the contender series. And I tell you, I told y'all, like, if you're mad at the contender series, you know, if it just makes you mad or whatever, or you boycotting, or, uh, let it go. Let it go. You're not getting around. You're not getting around it. If the man, not just win, but win via fin oh, he ain't going to be tell, tell Dana nothing because he still has a champion. Then he has him finishing fights because that's what he wants on the contender series. He's like, look. Don't leave it up to the judges. And on the contender series, that's his baby. You need to finish. And, of course, we've seen in this past couple of episodes, he's let, uh, this year, he's let some people through anyway. But still, that's the thing. 
Now, speaking of Anton, here's the thing about Anton. Even though he's on a two-fight losing streak since Dana White Contender Series Week 1, 2002, his debut fight was against Jolton Almeida. Yikes! Well, Jolton Almeida. Ooh! Man, <laughs> he didn't know. He didn't know. You know what I'm saying? He didn't know he's running into a brick wall. Three and two in his last five. Five finishes via strikes. Two by submission. One win by decision. Eight and two overall. Since his pro debut, 2017, 11 and three. As an amateur, man, minus 150 favorite. I mean, it's just a lot of experience there. This should, you know, not sure how this fight is going to go, but 100% finishing rate. I expect this to be a stand and bang. That it, it, listen, listen, this is on the main card for a reason. These two, I should see, we should see a good fight. I believe that this may, in fact, be fight of the night right here. These two are going to come out and bang. And I think Tyson Pedro pretty much should get the win. But I'm going to go with Anton anyway in this matchup. We got the other Tafa. Two, both Tafas put away Parker Porter. <laughs> Porter Parker. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, man. And, of course, Justin is former... XFC heavyweight champ. This is the rematch. Now look, look, look. Now technically, you know, I I, I don't want to count him out. He was kind of, you know, looked okay in the first fight. 100, he's still maintaining a, both men, both of these heavyweights maintain a 100% finishing rate, man. Now, the only problem with 100% finishing rate between two strikers is, is probably not going to be a good fight like this, like it originally wasn't. Got a saw damn eye poke, which came, you know, which caused uh, uh, no contest. So um, was ruled a no contest. So Justin is three and two in his last five. He's three and three in the UFC since his debut at UFC 243. Is he? Of course, yep. UFC 243. Is he at headline versus uh, Bobby? And he's a minus 205 favorite. I don't know. I don't know. My underdog, my suspect of suspect picks on the night is going to be Austin Lane. All right. Six foot tall coming in at 265. No. No. That, listen, no. I'm still at two, pushing 250. I'm telling you, this sucks. Now, I don't look, I, hey, I, I just, you know, I don't look fat at all, but I'm, I'm telling y'all, no. It's, it's wrong. It's wrong. Okay. 220, 230 at the most. Okay, 205. You know, if I if I hit the weights right, diet and everything correctly, 205, I should look fantastic. So should Justin. Six foot, nah man, 265. I can understand six foot and you know you're struggling with you know to get to light heavyweight. I can understand it. Because we've seen a lot of them. The height doesn't matter. Either either, you know, we said that would uh 
You know what I mean? DC is not even, they called him 5'11", but he's only like 5'8", 5'9". That's a little short for even light heavyweight, but he did, he looked, you know, to me, he looked better at light heavyweight when he got together, but you know, he, he struggled because he likes donuts and fried chicken. Anyway, it, that's just, it's wrong. Now, Justin Lane at six foot six, yeah, he's, suppo he's supposed to come in at 265. Yeah, he's supposed to. 35 years old, though. Lost to lost his UFC debut on a Dana White Contender Series to fellow former NFL player Greg Hardy. So glad that the Dana the, the, that the Greg Hardy experiment is over. Man was on uh, and of course before this no contest also was on a six fight win streak all by finish. 100% finishing rate. Speaking of which, I got fighters confused. He, not Carlos, but he finishes fights uh, via finish. 5-0 uh, and oh, as an amateur. He is 2-3 and three since his pro debut, in uh, which took place in 2017. He is a plus 170 underdog. He is going to be, Austin Lane is going to be my suspect of suspect picks on the daily on the night people so yeah mark that on your calendars who knows what's going to happen you probably get knocked out who the hell knows felipe santos yes coming in kind of you know coming in on if i'm not mistaken this is pretty short notice not a whole lot of short notice but you know he had he himself he had two cancel bouts before this um last year and the council bouts were in august so yeah this is pretty uh short notice coming in for kayakar france yeah i don't man well i'm gonna get to that that whole manal kp situation in a second but yeah this young man 22 years old out of brazil five foot seven at flyweight so he's, he's kind of he's kind of tall you know what i'm saying you saw him at the face-offs you know, not that, not that bad, not that bad. You know, we saw the face-offs, uh, the foreheads touching would seem kind of bizarre, you know. Uh, but hey, you know, seven and zero, not including the one no contest. Two finishes via strikes, three by submission, two wins by decision. Since his pro debut in 2019, he's a plus three ten underdog. Manel, man, listen, listen. First and foremost, Starboy, which is a terrible uh, nickname, by the way. Listen, I get it. I get it. I, Because we said, we, you know, people said, because he had another cancellation, then Carr cancels, then Carr going to show up at the damn presser? Like, it just didn't, I'm like, what the hell? Is, why is he there? If he gets his ass can show up, then get your ass in the octagon. Listen, I would have snapped out too. I don't, I don't blame Manel for snapping out at all. I don't know why Izzy was standing up, defending Kyra like he was his girlfriend. Like, bro, he canceled, he canceled the fight. Manel has every right to be. Don't get me wrong. I wish fighters would just handle things in a more professional manner. Like, don't take it personal. You know, don't cuss the dude out. Who cares? In show up, you got a new opponent. Um, I don't know about putting this opponent away, but. Uh, who cares, man? Like, relax. Okay, Kyra didn't feel like fighting. It's no big deal, you know? But I understand. I get it. 
because it is his money at the end of the day, and there's a good chance that Felipe didn't show up. You know, they, they just called him up. They usually don't do that. LF, you know, I mean, LFA alum get a lot of attention on any UFC, but they usually go through the, the contender series unless they were a champ. So, uh, you know, I don't know. And, of course, we know Manel out of Ryzen, man. If you ain't seen Manel over at Ryzen, well, you just missed too much. You missed entirely too much. Okay? I mean, highlight reels. He, of course, captured the vacant uh, Bantamweight title. Then moved on to the UFC, where he is now 3-2. and two. And he, of course, is three and two in his last five. So he had, look, he had Alice Perez had canceled. Davidson Figueredo had canceled him. And now Kyra Carl France. Man, I'll be hot too. And that's all. Guess what? That's all That's all this year. That's all this year. So, yeah, I'll be hot too, man. I'll be upset too. Like, it's, this is ridiculous. So we'll see how this fight takes place. He is a heavy minus 400 favorite. I'm going to lean to, I think that we might see an upset here. I think we want to see a well-rounded. I'm going to definitely slide some change on Felipe. Definitely going to slide some change on him. But uh, yeah, my official pick is for the minus 400 favorite. I mean, 11 finishes via strikes, five by submission for Manel. Only two wins by decision. So, yeah, man, you know what I'm saying? Yes, he is a walking highlight reel. So that, that you know, we'll see how he's, you know, hey, who knows how that fight's going to go. But either way, it's going to be, I expect, an exciting fight. And, of course, Manel is 18-6 and six overall. Bam, bam. Taya Tuovasa. It seems like we just watched him, doesn't it? It seems like we just got finished watching him. But, no, we haven't watched him since last year. Gladiator cage fighting, and he is the former Australian FC heavyweight champ. Ranked at number six in the UFC heavyweight division is Tyler Tuovasa. Bam, bam, 30 years old out of Australia. He is six foot two, 188 centimeter and 75, 191 centimeter reach. You know, it's like... <clears throat> I mean, 6'2 is not bad, <laughs> you know, 6'2 is not bad, but again, coming in at 265.6, it's like, come on, man, cut it, man, cut it down, bro, cut it, I don't know, you know, Ty, we're just so used to him, like his frame, the way he looks, is just, I, he still needs to get in shape, he needs to get, we'll see how this goes, I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, wins, but he, he got to get it together to me. He, he, um, 14 finishes via strikes, one win by decision. Damn near a 100% finishing rate. He is on a two-fight losing streak, three and two in his last five. And as I said, this is his first fight in 2023. He's eight and five in the UFC since his debut in 2017, five and five overall since his pro debut in 2012. Plus 200 underdog because it's like, look, what do you do with someone who's short, fat, and, you know, not all that mobile because they're short and fat? I mean, 6'2 isn't short, but, you know what I mean? Way shorter than Draco. 
co-main. I, I gotta tell you, boy, not excited. Always fun to watch Bam Bam, but man, I'm just, yeah, kind of tired of Drago, to be honest. Um, but we'll see what happens. He got bumped up one to number seven. So thankfully, we have a fight that makes some sort of sense. Number six versus number seven. 34 years old out of Russia, of course. Like I said, six foot seven, 200, that's 201 centimeters, 80 inch reach, 203 centimeters. Strella team, he's a brown belt in both karate and jiu-jitsu. 24 finishes via strikes. Whoo, Lord. Three by submission, now wins by decision. Two fight win streak, three and two in his last five, 10 and four in the UFC. Since his debut all the way back in 2016, he is 36 and 10, man. Since his pro debut back in 2009, old timer. He is a minus 250 favorite. I'm going with the minus 250 favorite. Drago... I mean, two, two, Bam Bam was about to say Tui, but I don't want to say that. Bam Bam, I mean, he, he could certainly catch Drago, certainly. I just don't, he knows what to watch out for, Drago. You know, he could, he could just toss Bam Bam on the ground. Just grab him and just toss him on the ground and sub him and get the hell out of dice. There's no reason for, I just don't see a reason for Drago to lose this fight. You know. Now, Sean Strickland. Mm. You know, the posturing that goes on at the face-offs, I don't usually go by that. I do check out some of the face-offs. And yes, sometimes the body language, it's just cool. I just look at it as cool to look at. I don't use it as a determining factor. The only, the way, the only time I did that, slightly, slightly, was in recent memory, was Pena. Uh, I would say Pena and Whaley. When with the face-off, Whaley just looked very like she just her demeanor towards Carlos Sparza, it just seems very it just seemed kind of dismissive. Like she just had this look on her face. Cause you know with Rose, a lot of respect facing her. Uh of course with Joanna cracking jokes. You know, she cause she really didn't take Joanna seriously. She learned the hard way that you need to take Joanna, well, Joanna Yonjechek, or as people call her, Joanna Violence. You too need to take her seriously. And Whaley found that out the hard way. But yeah, her demeanor toward, you know, when she was, I mean, she's a professional, you know what I mean? She's a professional. But yeah, it, her body language, the way I've seen her face off against opponents before, yeah, she was just very, she just seemed like she didn't really, like she wasn't worried about Carlos Barza at all. You know, and that, that further let me know that, yes, yeah, Carla is going to get destroyed. We all knew it, but it's like, nah, Waylay knew for sure what to do in this fight. It was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's the kind of demeanor I saw from her. And uh, Juliana Pena. Juliana Pena. Because people kept saying, well, you know, she looks scared. She looks frightened. I was like, no, she just doesn't frown. You know, she just, no, I, I, to me, she looked, she just looked outraged. I didn't see fear at all. I didn't see fear at all. I looked, it looked like somebody who was just disgusted. She just doesn't have a frown on her face. Like she was just past all that. 
And that, that's what it seemed like to me. She seemed calm. She's, you know, she just kind of was calm and kind of, you know, like I said, like she was past anger. <laughs> you know, you know, if, if it's Amanda Nunes. Like I, if someone does look scared like Megan Anderson, it's Amanda Nunes. They're supposed to be scared. This is a woman who could destroy, who has destroyed women everywhere. You know, she's a striking on the ground. She's destroyed everyone that she's used to. I don't, I'm not going to be surprised if I see someone scared for their life. Fear is not what I saw in Pena's eyes. At no time. At no time. You know, it's like no fear at all. Like nothing. You know, and she just seemed like she was kind of past it. Looked Nunez dead in her face. You know, especially with the leather outfit on, she just, you know, staring casually, just staring right at her. Like, that is not fear. Because we've seen fear in MMA, particularly in the UFC. When someone's actually scared, they don't show up. They don't show, ain't no looking scared at the, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't really go by the body language. However, Sean Strickland's body language, it's like, dude, Dude, <laughs> it, 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 it was it didn't look good at all. You know, I'm not going to go by that, though. I'm not going to go by that. Sean Strickland out of KOTC, former KOTC champ, ranked at number five. Like I said, this fight doesn't make sense. I am glad it's happening, though. This is, man, listen, this is some WWE type stuff. Hey, man, you said something about me, so I'm going to challenge you to a fight. However, hey, you don't want to fight, keep your mouth closed. Look, man, Izzy, he, he forget that. He don't forget stuff, boy. Hey, he is vindictive, man. He don't forget a thing. He made fun of Alice Pieta's kid. Strickland talking all this mad trash. Yo, yeah, word. Yo ass up next. It reminds me of Usman on with Jorge. Jorge was still gabbing after he lost. And Usman said, okay, bring your ass back in here. That fight didn't make no sense. Jorge shouldn't have gotten a fight in the first place. Then the rematch made no sense whatsoever. It was really because Usman wanted to knock Jorge out, like he said. Get your ass back in here since you're talking all the trash. Get your ass back in so I'll knock you out. There's no fear in a person who says that. And Usman proved that he wasn't afraid of Jorge at all. And he did knock his ass out. So it's a good chance that Izzy would do the exact same thing. Like, okay, you want to talk? All right, bring your ass in here. I got nothing but respect for Izzy for, for this right here. Now, Izzy as a human being irritates the hell out of me. Irks the hell out of me. Man. Oh. Both of these dudes suck. Oh, as people, they suck. Oh, my God. Their personalities, everything about them suck. The stick with Sean Strickland, I, you know, it's... Oh, my goodness. But Sean Strickland has 11 finishes via strikes, four by submission, 12 wins by decision, which is what stands out the most. He has not done anything worth a title shot. Strickland versus Jared Cannonier ain't it. People say, well, you know, it was close. You're looking at a wiki page. You didn't watch the actual fight. But still, you put Jared Cannonier away. That's what you do. You brutalize him. You put him to sleep. You beat him up the way that Bobby Knuckles beat him up. Okay, I want I want y'all to you know for those out there, watch the Bobby Knuckle Jared Cannonier fight. That's what you do. 
You want to get a title shot and impress people? That's how you make it happen. Anyway. Yeah, 27 and 5 since his pro debut in 2008. He, Sean Strickland, is on a two-fight win streak. He is a plus one, obviously a plus. The, I saw him, I could have swore I saw him as high as plus 600, but the numbers that I got are plus 470 and Izzy coming in at a minus 650. So, you know, folks, are, here's the thing. Can Sean Strickland win this fight? It is absolutely his stick, his personality, all that aside. It is absolutely embarrassing that someone with over 30 fights under their belt who has more experience than the challenger, than the champion that they're going up against. It is absolutely embarrassing that Sean is not seen as competitive this dude has trained with everyone well not everyone but he's trained with enough good fighters it is absolutely inexcusable for him not to be for this not to be seen as a more competitive matchup it is entirely his fault he should if not beat Izzy it should be a competitive fight but we don't know. He goes in against a dangerous kickboxer who faced off against Izzy, who knocked Izzy out. This idiot th says, oh, I'm standing bang with him. Coming up with these dumbass plans. It's almost like he's not even trying half the time. Like, oh, you know, I'm just going to go in here. So then when it's like, oh, gee, I better win. Then all of a sudden he wants to put on a good match against someone who's not even ranked. It's like, dude, come on, man. So he doesn't have any quality wins against anyone in the higher top five. Close fight with Jerry Cannonier means nothing if he lost. Sean, it, yeah, to me it's reprehensible. Uh, you know, I don't care how a pers fighter's personality is like Kobe Covington. Kobe Covington is about as cringe. He's the king of cringe as far as, him and Henry Cejudo are the kings of cringe as far as I'm concerned. But when it comes to their fighting styles, they're both good fighters, period. You know, Colby, despise him. I don't care if it's an act. The mere fact that people call it an act makes it even worse as far as I'm concerned. He is still a scumbag, but guess what? I'll put money on him every single time, depending on who he goes up against. Because business first. Per business is never personal. Sorry to tell you. Um, so he should be able to take Izzy down. He should be able to ground Izzy out. He should be able to sub Izzy, but he's not because he doesn't, you know what I mean? And then what's the point? Okay. You beat the champ, but you got knocked out by Pieta, which is part of the reason why I said he doesn't deserve a title fight. If you can't beat the number one in the division, if you got knocked out by him. What the hell are you close fight with Jared? What about when he got knocked out by the number one in the division? Stupidness. You know what I mean? Stupidness. And he's been in the game too long not to have had good showing. So, yeah, he should. This should be a very competitive fight, but it probably won't be because Sean just, he takes the prostitute for UFC kind of punching the clock like he's an hourly employee too too far. Like, no, nah, dude, do you want the job or don't you? Okay, well, act like you want the job and perform. Put on good fights. Stop coasting long. Winning these boring fights by decision. Stop talking. Finish the goddamn fight. Izzy, style bender. Oh my God. Listen, 
what can I say? Respect the hell out of this dude. You know, he, I, I, he's he's a good champion. I mean, he he he's faced monsters like Pieta multiple times. One up, took a fight really on short notice. I don't know what else to say. You know, like you can't really. It's cringe. I just yeah. I wish his personality was better. I wish he stopped doing the weird stuff, especially with the dog. But as far as a fighter goes, I mean, what can I say? You know, what what can I say? 26 finishes via strikes. Eight wins by decision. Multiple titles, of course. And, um, of course, he's a reigning UFC got that belt back. Which sucks because it broke his consecutive win streak. But, um, hey. You know. Uh, so, he's five successful title defenses. He is uh, the first. So, with that loss to Alex Pieta, he won't be. Because people were, it was like, okay, Anderson Silva or Israel. One of th- my ace card, the, the card that I always throw out is consecutive title defenses. That's Demetrius Johnson, George St. Pierre, Anderson Silva. John Jones, his got broken up when he tested positive and was stripped versus DC, because DC got the belt back. That's something people keep forgetting. Like, oh, let's disregard that. Let's, no, we're not. He doesn't have consecutive, consecutive title defenses because of that. Not once, but twice. Anderson has consecutive title defenses. Izzy's has five because he lost to Pieta, so those consecutive title defenses got cut short. So you can't put them really in the same sentence as Anderson Silva, who ran laps around the middleweight division without losing, and when he did finally lose, he never got the belt back. So that's the big difference between them. However, let's give this man, Israel Adesanya, let's give him his flowers. Second most knockouts in UFC title fights at nine. Second most title fights wins in UFC middleweight division history at eight. Performance of the night six times. Fighter of the night two times. Tied with Anderson Silva for, first, for most knockdowns in UFC middleweight division history. Second longest streak in UFC middleweight division history at 12. Longest average fight time in UFC middleweight division and fourth most significant strikes landed in the UFC middleweight division at 976. And like I said, multiple titles. What can I say? Of course, I got Israel winning this decisively. Uh, I don't see why he wouldn't finish Sean Strickland. I think he still needs to be Larry of Sean. Um, I think Sean will try to sneak in. He won't shoot for a takedown. I think he'll try to sneak in and try to catch Izzy real quick. Could Sean Strickland win? Uh, Dirty boxing. It sounds bizarre. Randy Couture-esque dirty boxing crowd. Izzy, don't let him. The best way to take out Izzy is not to let him set up anything. Don't go to Alex Pieta route. Because, well, not many people are Alex Pieta. More importantly, Alex has never been good with his defensive posturing. Never been good at blocking his face. Never been, you know, he just uses his height and reach for the most part. 
But we saw what happened. When you don't have a lot, of, when you don't use a lot of defensive posturing with your striking, you end up getting caught. You end up getting caught bad and put on ice. You have the crowd, dirty boxing crowd. Like someone compared this to Anderson Silva versus Chell Sonnen. To me, Sean Strickland is no Chell Sonnen by any stretch of the imagination. However, Chell Sonnen-esque fighting. He also did the dirty boxing like Randy Couture. Yeah, crowd him uh, the same way that Chell did. Crowd Izzy. The thing about Anderson to me is way more dangerous on the ground than Izzy is. However, Izzy is trained by uh, Gavayo, as far as I know, Andre Gavayo, who is a very, very excellent uh, jiu-jitsu practitioner, jiu-jitsu champion. Anderson subbed a black belt. You know, wait, was Chell a black belt? Uh, Chell might have been a black belt as well at the, at the time. Um, so that could be two black belts. Anderson to me was way, um, way more dangerous on the ground than Izzy is. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't underestimate Izzy. Like I said, under Andre Gavaya. So just avoid getting caught the way that Chell Sonnen did. But yeah, crowd Izzy, dirty boxing. Get him up against the clinch up against the fence, punches, punches, then a clean, you know, two arms as Henry Cejudo demonstrated on uh, Mackenzie Dern. <laughs> two arms around the buttocks, lift, get Izzy down, crowd him, get him down, get that, try to, you know, um, I, I don't know about finishing a fight via submission. I wouldn't underestimate, like I said, I wouldn't underestimate Izzy on the ground even though Sean has far more experience grappling. But yeah, some ground and pound, uh, just crowd him, try to get control. Just try to Habib him, basically. Danny, Randy Couture slash Habib Izzy and try to win off of a control time. Because we saw that, again, the judges are iffy, but we did see a victory with uh, Aaron Blanchfield where she won off of control time keeping Talia Santos up against the fence, not on the ground per se. Yeah, uh, so I could see him possibly uh, win via ground and pound or just, uh, yeah, dirty boxing, converge on Izzy. Just just get him up against the fence, fence. make it sloppy. Because when you keep let Izzy just, if you just stand in front of him, Izzy starts, he's very, very, one of probably the most technical strikers that I think we've seen. You know, Anderson was precise, but he, you know, leg kicks, things like that. He didn't use it the way that Izzy does. I have not seen anyone really strike the way that Izzy does. He's just such a creative striker that utilizes everything. Muay Thai, kickboxing, karate, like he utilizes every technique fluidly. So for someone like that, you can't have, you can't, you just can't allow them to be at distance. You know, and I know what you're thinking. Well, didn't Aspieta get close? He didn't dirty. It wasn't dirty boxing. He just didn't have any respect for Izzy and pay for it. Because like I say, he doesn't have defensive posturing. He's still striking. Dirty boxing is different. Crowd him, get him up against, the, get Izzy up against the fence. Keep your head away from, you know, because you're trying to get away from getting hit. Alex didn't do that. So that's what I think. But yeah, Izzy by destruction. There you have it. Suspect picks for UFC 293.